my advice now to people when you're looking to build to bring people into your team, don't be afraid to ask them questions. Like ask them about what, how well they're doing in bits and pieces because ultimately if they're doing well at what they do, they're going to do really well at what you're getting them to do. And pay the right money. I've found over the years now, like the more money you spend on other specialists, the better value they're going to bring to your life, your business. Growing a successful trades business isn't about you being the best on the tools. It's about how you profit, plan, prepare and prosper so you can create a business that supports you and your family. Welcome to Profit First for Tradies. I am your host, Katie Crismali Marshall, and this is the podcast for tradies who are ready to transform their business from a cash-eating monster to a money-making machine. Let's dive in. Look, I get a lot of emails or messages. They always come in from a Friday night to a Sunday night, and they are always along the lines of, you know, super bad. I've got all this ATO debt. I've got all this debt. I don't know what to do. Like, sorry for reaching out. And I think we don't talk about that enough. We don't talk about how things aren't actually well, going very well for so many people. And I can always point them in the right direction and just give them one little hint or tip. Like I get so many messages at that time that I have my, I had a, have a process in my business where my VA goes into my emails and my messages twice a day on the weekends just to pick up those and let me know so I can respond straight away because I know that those people are stressed. And with your example of, you know, nearly going broke a couple of times, you could have had a very different situation, but you chose to be like, okay, right, this is it's got to be a different way. Well, I don't think I know. Our industry is so old-fashioned, and so there's all these really bad misconceptions and things. And one of those is so many people in our industry are paid on an hourly rate. Yeah. So, and a lot of the time, it's not employee agreement or salary or wages. It's just an hourly rate. And then the contractor or whoever or can be the builder is expected to take care of all their own taxes and insurances and. Like I could go out for days like this, like there's people out there that aren't paying super white cover. Like mm-hmm. there's all this muddy water. And so because like and I know from everything I do now and researches them and I live like build business, look, builders and traders are very similar personalities to myself. And like so nine times out of ten our personas are that we we hated school. It's not like I used to blame that I used to think I wasn't a smart person, but you and I talked about this so I just hated that environment I hated being in the classroom I hated the way I was spoken to like I'm actually a very intelligent person when something interests me and I get involved in it but like I believe there should be more done at school to educate people and get them to understand look it doesn't matter what you want to be you need to know business you need to know finance and accounting and a bit of numbers and stuff because otherwise you get into the workforce, you do your apprenticeship. A lot of employees aren't paying their apprentices properly. You finish your apprenticeship, you go into an hourly rate, you have no idea on what's involved. Like you get this paycheck or you get this money transferred into your account and you don't know how much of that is tax or how much of that you should be paying for insurances. Or, so you spend it. Then like so many people, like I did multiple times, you end up in trouble because like, Shit, I've got a big tax bill or I should have been paying this or I should have been paying that. I think we can't blame the people that are having struggles because our industry has just done it this way for so long. 
And that's why it's so hard now to break that pattern. And that's why I'm a huge advocate now. Like I never used to be like, I ran my business for years paying everyone that worked for me on an hourly rate. And then I got stung hard. I got backdated two years, had a random inspection on, I was a contractor at the time. I had a random inspection on one of our job sites. I'm up on a third story roof with a nail gun smashing in some trusses. And one of my chippies sings out, hey, Dwayne, there's a workplace health and safety officer here. Like, come and wants to have a chat to you. And we weren't doing anything wrong uh, workplace health and safety wise. But one thing led to another. I don't know how it all works, but they were connected to the ATO. And then, like, literally within a few weeks, I'm getting questioned about how I'm paying all these carpenters. I haven't been paying super for them. I hadn't been paying work cover. And I got backdated two years. And this is part of the reason that I nearly ended up losing it all. Like it was hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars because, like I said, I had 40 or 50 guys. But I was doing what my boss had taught me to do and what I was even doing what the developer, like the job site that I was on where I got caught, yeah. I was doing you now he was paying me. Like So when I got done, I'm like, what the hell? Like I thought I was... Like, I was, I blamed the world. Like, why is this all happening to me? But in reality, I was getting, like, it was a good wake-up call for me because I learned how to do things properly. And so, yeah, I'm a huge advocate now for people should be on agreed employment contracts or full-time salaries or wages. Like, And this is something I talk about to clients all the time. I always say that business is a game. And we can make some of our own rules, but some there's some rules that we have to abide by and we don't get a say, i.e. things from the ATO and work cover and those types of things. It's not enough for us to say, oh, but he said he wanted to be a subby and he said he'd look after his super and insurance, so that's how I'm paying him. That won't cut it when the ATO come, come knocking. They will give you a big fat bill to backdating it. And I or any clients that work with me, that's a non-negotiable. I'm like, no, we check the ATO website, make sure that you're paying them correctly and then make the appropriate changes if need be. Because that ignorance almost that, oh, but this is how it's, you know, it's all right. It's like, no, like we have to just do it right. Because I'm certain that when you got that bill, that backdated bill, that was probably not one of the most funnest times in your life. And it probably also then had a few, you know, quite a few months or years even where that wasn't super fun. And like you say, you just didn't know. But how long ago was that roughly? That's probably 15 years ago, 16 years ago. Yeah. I, that, like it got me, that was in my mid mid to late 20s. But like that, I got, like that went on for such a long time. Like it got me bad. But look, I was lucky. I'd built up a huge contracting business. So I started invest, buying investment properties and that was the only thing that saved me. Like I literally, I thought I was doing very well. I ended up having to sell everything that I'd worked hard for mm. to pay back what I should have been paying in with. Yeah. But it kept going. Like I had a couple of guys at the time that they were sort of like supervisor guys for me. And I had like we had had conversations and like I was paying them IALE rate and they were supposed to be paying like with the agreement that they were paying their work cover and super. Mm. And they hadn't, long story short, it didn't matter that they hadn't because at the end of the day, me as the employer should have been paying it. Mm. So not only had I been paying these guys a substantially higher hourly rate, I then had to pay super work cover on that higher rate. rate. (laughs) 
So, yeah, it was an absolute mess. And look, like I said, I, I threw my hands in the air. I whinged and screamed for years and blamed the world. But at the end of the day, it was pure and simply my own fault. Like, I hadn't done any homework on it. I hadn't, like, I could have picked up the phone. I could have called the HR and said, hey, I'm starting a business. I'm growing a business. Or I could have called McCann. I could have called lots of people. Yeah. But I made the silly decision of just going, like, I was, a, I was like a herd of sheep. I was just following. Yeah. And I think that's a perfect analogy of our industry is everyone just follows. And the people that we're following, nine times out of ten, are doing it wrong. Go in the wrong direction. As I said, I talk to clients about this all the time. And I think there's also that mentality that, you know, that she'll be right. It won't happen to me. I won't get caught. And I'm like, well, that's a good attitude to have until you get caught because that's not going to stop it. And that piece I always talk about as well is when you have an ATO audit or a work cover audit or any sort of audit from those bodies, it is a stressful, drawn out process. Even if you know that you haven't purposely done anything wrong, it is still because they don't, they, as you say, they don't care whether you just did it inadvertently or not. It's you haven't followed the protocol and you have to go through it. And I just wish that I could get that through to more tradies and more builders that the time, energy, money that will have its toll on you is far, 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 far worse than just making a few phone calls now or making sure that, you know, you're doing the things right. And in your situation, like you had built up those investment properties and so on, which was great, but had you known and had the information correctly, you would have paid the right people the right money. And I'm still certain you probably would have built up some good funds and investment properties and so on because you would have been doing it right because you always had that ambition to do that. Not all, uh, I think that's a really important thing. Like it's definitely not all doom and gloom and I guess I've had some very expensive lessons along the journey, but that's one thing I'd really like to point out now is, yes, it's like, so, so when people are getting paid early rates or builders are getting paid a sum of money to do a job, you think you're earning more than what you are. Mm-hmm. And so now you get in these silly mindsets where I'm like, I'm not paying that much tax because I'm worth this. And like, there's, there's a lot of stuff that goes on. But reality is, if you actually go on a salary or go on, like, pay your employees correctly and yourself correctly for that matter, because you are, at the end of the day, we're all employees to our companies. When you do things correctly, you actually reach your goal a lot quicker. So it might feel like at that point in time that you're going backwards because you've got to pay some more tax, you've got to pay super, but long term, you're actually in a far, far better position. Yeah. And the thing is that slow and steady wins the race. It's like, yes, it might feel slower, but you're going to consistently do the right thing and make the right money, pay the right appropriate, the appropriate amounts of tax and so on, and not suffer the stress of an audit or those types of things. Or if you do have an audit, because again, we're in the trade space, the ATO loves this area. They're not going to stop auditing us. So let's make sure we just do it right in the first place. And like you mentioned, you know, a chat with your tax accountant, like, am I doing these things right? You know, if you've got a coach or whoever, for example, with me, I always talk about clients needing to make sure that they've built up their financial team because each of us have a different specialty. 
Mine is obviously profit first and I can help them with the bookkeeping. If you want an amazing tax specialist, you'll have an amazing business coach. You might have a mortgage broker and a financial planner, depending on what you're doing. But I will often say to my clients, okay, you need to go and ask your accountant this question because I'm not licensed to give them advice on that, but I can point them in the right direction. And you, if you don't have those people around you who have experience, then you, as you say, you're just following those sheep and headed down the wrong the wrong path. I'm super glad you mentioned that because I, I was, I'm definitely put my hand up and own that because as our yeah, industry is really bad. But uh, I've got a mate that does this. I've got a mate that does that. And before you know it, you've got everyone on your job site going to the same mate that is doing things wrong. Yeah, I'd, exactly like you just said. And again, it's, it it was a very expensive lesson for me to learn. But pay the right money to get like like you said, build a team. Like you need to build a team. And the way I actually look at it now is like I want clients to build with me because they love what I do and I'm successful at what I do and I'm going to deliver them a great product. Mm. So why would I try and skim on my accountant, on my lawyer, on my solicitor, on my mortgage broker? Like to me, I want to pay people what they're worth because if I'm paying them what they're worth and they're successful, so my advice there to people when you're when you're looking for to build to bring people into your team, don't be afraid to ask them questions. Like ask them about what, how well they're doing in bits and pieces. Because ultimately, if they're doing well at what they do, they're going to do really well at what you're getting them to do. Yeah. So, yeah, and, and pay the right money. Like the more I've, I've found over the years now, like the more money you spend on other specialists, the better value they're going to bring to your life, your business, all those types of things. Yeah. And one of my my rule with clients is that you must ask questions. So whenever I work with anyone, it's like, you must ask me questions. I don't care if it's not a perfectly crafted question or if it's half a question or if you don't even really know what you're trying to ask, just get asking. Because one thing I find is people just like, oh, I didn't know what to ask my accountant or I didn't know what to ask this person. So I'm like, okay, cool. Like, just let's practice that because it's so important to just not take the advice from Bob down the road or, you know, Bob's mate who's a mate is an accountant who is this. And it's like, I mean, the one one thing I find so funny still that people will talk about like the 80% rule with way back when, like 20 years ago, if you worked for a like one, uh, like if you're subbing for one more than 80%, then it, you know, it then should have been wages and so on. Like that rule hasn't been around for 15, 20 years, but people still recite it. I'm like, no, go to the ATO website, go to the business section, look up subcontractors, and there's a whole section there will step you through exactly what you need to pay and, and so on and so forth. But again, it's just that continuation of what Bob down the road said and it's like, but it's the information is not correct. And I think people are afraid to ask questions a lot of the time. And but I think it, it's... Like I, I recur it now to um, like as an example at the fitness industry. Like fitness industry, it's very easy. Like if you want to lose weight, get fit, put on muscle or whatever you want to do, like you just got to look at the person that's training you. Yeah. Like if you want to get fit, you're not going to go and spend money with someone that's 200 kilos and these donuts every day. <laughs> exactly. So like it's very, it's visual. You can see who's teaching you, but. A lot of the time when it comes to professional type stuff, you, you have to ask questions because if you don't ask questions, you can't tell how good they are at their profession. <laughs> so, yeah, ask 
as many like and i feel anyone that's really good at what they do will be more than happy to answer questions exactly as i said like my clients i'm like that's my rule if you're not willing to ask questions if you're not willing to ask it what you think is a silly question if you're not willing to ask me the same question three times because you haven't quite got it again then we're probably not the best fit but again also like talking to people that have worked with that person and get their feedback and yeah. so I always say to clients or for those who are thinking about working with me, I'm like, I do things a very specific way. I, particularly in our bookkeeping business, we, I am very, very strict on we have to have the information every week. We will absolutely use Zero and HubDoc to make that really easy for you. But if we don't have it every week, you're not for us because I want my bookkeeping clients to be up to date and only ever, you know, a week behind type of thing. That's not for everybody. Some people like to at the end of the quarter go, here's all my stuff. Can you please get it updated? That's fine. They can find somebody else. Same with my coaching. I do things a very specific way. It's not that mine is the only way to do it. It's just a way to do it. And I think it's really important to not be afraid to ask questions and find that good fit for you. You'll get a sense of whether you can work with somebody or not quite quickly and trust your guts. Yeah. <laughs> if you feel like it's not going to work, Probably yeah. not gonna work. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely, definitely trust the gut. And um, I think, yeah, hundred percent, it goes both ways. It, you've got to gel with each other. Like if you choose who you can work with and who, who you can work for, and that makes a huge difference. That's it. And I think that's something that we get so particular. I hear it a lot with regards to tax accountants. It's like, oh, I just, I don't want to jump out of you know that bad situation to another bad situation. So I'll just stay there. It's not that bad. If you get the feeling like it's not working, whatever, you know, situation that is from a business perspective, I'm always like, ask questions, get out. See if you can fix it, improve it. If you can't, then time to move on. Awesome. So if you could leave our listeners with one final comment, what would that be? The more time, money and energy you spend on yourself, the more successful you're going to be. Without a doubt. Like it's why I just wish I had realised that 15, 20 years earlier. You can never spend enough money on professionals, on coaching, on mentoring. And I, I believe it doesn't matter what level you think you've gotten to, there is always, but don't stop. Always just keep finding a better mentor, a better coach, a better mm. professional to just keep taking you to the next level. And I always say to clients, I'm like, I mean, I've been doing Profit First as a Profit First professional for almost six years now. I did it for two years in my bookkeeping business prior and I still have a profit first mentor that I will go to and be like, hey, like run me through this, give me your point of view. Like, and I do this all day, every day for others, but there's always still more to learn or another, you know, we get blind spots when we're doing the same thing with the same people all the time. So that's a really good point. So thank you very much, Dwayne, for coming on today. It has been a great chat as always. And if people want to reach out and find out more about what you do, how shall I do that? Probably just Dwayne Pierce on Instagram. Uh, we post everything on there. So jump on there and see what we got going on. Awesome. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Thanks, Teddy. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Profit First for Tradies. If you want more, head over to profitfirstfortradies.com.au for the show notes and the links to today's free resources. And if you'd like to learn how to become a permanently profitable tradie and eliminate your cash flow problems, join us in the Profit First for Tradies Facebook group where I share tips, resources and trainings so you can save time, save money 
and save your sanity. You can learn more over at profitfirstfortradies.com.au. Catch you next time on the Profit First for Trades podcast.